We're going to be in Matthew chapter uh, 17 this morning. It's the first book of the New Testament. I am so excited about what uh, God's been doing and just specifically the uh, the great things He's starting to do. And, and, and I don't know if you're seeing this, but we've got to... I know it, it... Please don't take this judgment. We've got to stop looking at the world to be our source of joy or our source of hope or even our source of true news. <laughs> we look to God who always speaks truth. We look to God, who will always tell us the truest truth that there ever is. And I don't know what you've been hearing, but I am excited to see what's happening in the Christian world, uh, not because of, of, of a president per se, but because when people come together and begin to pray, things begin to shake and things begin to happen. God has great plans for His people. God has a a timeline of what's going to happen, and it's the height of arrogance to think that somehow we're going to stop that or slow it down. God is God, and He's going to do what He's going to do, but He's given us a job and a purpose while we're here, and He expects us to do it, and not just sit around and watch, and not sit around and wait, and not sit around and complain. He wants us to be an active part of His plan. My question is, do you know what your part is? You've got to read your word. You need to be a person of the word. Everybody has a role to play. Everybody has a, a place where God has placed you. And, and, and what I really believe that is, is hard for us is that you look at this, this slide that's up on the, on the screen, and maybe that's how you feel. But I just want to tell you that what you think is impossible of you talking or speaking or getting out of where you're at now or being something more than you've ever been before, it's very possible. But you still have to take a leap of faith to get there. Nothing happens by us sitting and watching. It always asks for a step. Every time God did something, He always used a person to do it. He always had steps for us to take. And we think we're waiting on Him, but He's not. He's waiting on you. He's waiting on you to step out. He's waiting on you to develop faith. He's waiting you to take the first steps in fixing your marriage. He's waiting for you to take the first steps in getting your finances in control. He's waiting on you, and it's not impossible. It may feel impossible, but it's not impossible. And the problem is that we get stuck in what we feel is impossible, and then we quit, or we wish, or we hope. And and as I've said for many, many years, hope is not a strategy. Hope is something we can hope for, but hope isn't a strategy. Let's actually go to God's Word. Let's actually go to God in prayer. Let's actually take some steps, and then you've got something to hope in to just sit back, well, I hope it all changes. Well, why don't you start the change? Well, that's hard. That's where God comes in that gives us the strength, that gives us the direction, that gives us the faith to do it. But to just sit back and think that I'm completely disconnected from this, I just hope it all changes. Well, I hope, I hope that if I stand here long enough, somebody will bring me lunch. How long do you think I'll be sitting here? Depends on when you want to get out, right? But let me show you a couple things here to help us understand what God and His Word is so incredible to, 
to do it. And this first part, you're going to think, what, what has this got to do with, with God? Just, just hang on and hang with me for just a second. Because there's things that, that were considered impossible at one time that are very commonplace today. So here's a lift of some impossible things. 1825, this was in the New York Times. This is what it says. It's impossible or it's absurd to think that there will ever be a means of travel faster than stagecoach. And yet here we are. 1909, the automobile has reached the limit of its development. Of course, because they had auto parking and collision alarms and all that stuff back in 1909, right? 1920, a rocket speed cannot be maintained or accelerated once leaving our air. They couldn't even think of it. Once it got outside the atmosphere, it would just drift. There would be no way for it to be maintained. 1957, now we've got rockets. Now look what they're saying. To place a man in a rocket, make scientific observations, and land alive on the moon and then return to earth is a wild dream worthy of Jules Verne. And what's funny is 10 years later they retracted that statement because men actually did it. How about this one from 1977? There is absolutely no reason for any person to have a computer in his home. Now, how long ago was that? We're not talking like way before you were born. We're talking 1977. Look how fast things changed. And now people are probably agreeing with this. No, I've got it in my pocket. Why would I want a computer in my home when I can carry it around with me? But we would have never foreseen that. I mean, think about it. I grew up in an age because I was a a big TV fan. I grew up in the the late 60s and early 70s, and this is a direct result of Star Trek, folks. (laughs) Captain Kirk. Right? How in the world do you think you could talk to somebody on a handheld device without any wires with huge separation of space? It's impossible. And those are just mechanical devices What's possible with God through your situation? And what I want to hopefully inspire you this morning is it's time to start your impossible. Quit waiting on it. Start your impossible. What is it that you think is impossible? Start it. What's keeping you from doing it? If God is for you, right, then nothing can be against you. That's what His Word says. So let's take a look here real quick at At Matthew chapter 17, we're going to read just six simple verses. And you've got to understand that Jesus has been training these guys up, and he's been trusting more and more power to them. These guys that were just ordinary people like you and me, nothing special about them other than they followed Jesus. And yet, he allows for this situation to stretch their faith. And and this is what I hope to flip your mind over. The thing that you're going through right now that you think you can't get past, it's not there as an obstacle. It's there to stretch your faith. I want to repeat that, and and hopefully you you let it sink in. The thing that you may be dealing with that seems like an obstacle isn't there by God to be an obstacle. It's there to stretch your faith. And if we'll flip it around, I think of David and Goliath, right? You see somebody that big against a a young boy and you think he's too big to beat. 
But David said he's too big to miss. Just depends on your perspective, right? (laughs) But how do you think about your obstacles? How do you think about the giants in your life? How are you looking at mountains as something that can be overcome or something that's keeping you, blocking you, crushing you, something that's overwhelming you? If you can change your mind with the Bible calls, renew your mind. Maybe you're going through depression, anxiety, mess, all this stuff, and you're thinking, I just can't do it. You can do it. It may just feel like an obstacle, but it's really just a point to stretch your faith. But you can overcome it. Matthew chapter 17. They come to a multitude. And a man came to him, him being Jesus. And he kneels down to him and he says, Lord, would you have mercy on my son? For he's an epileptic and he suffers severely. He often falls into the fire and into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Do you see? An obstacle. I thought that you guys were followers of Jesus. I brought them to, I brought my son to them, and they couldn't fix him. And he could have said, this faith stuff doesn't work and go home. But notice that he didn't do that. He took the next step. I'm going to keep going, and I'm going to keep going, and I'm going to keep going, and I'm going to keep believing. And look at what Jesus says to him. This is pretty amazing. He answered, and he's not just saying it to the man. I want you to get that. He's not belittling the man. He's really speaking to the crowd. He's speaking to the multitude. And look what he says. Faithless and perverse generation. Okay? Which one comes first? Okay, now this exploded in my brain, and if it doesn't in yours, I get it, that's okay, I'm weird. But one follows the other for a reason. And perverse just means different, it means twisted, it means changed. That's, and something's perverted, we've got a very different word of what perverted means in our country in our English language, but what it really means, it's changed from its original path, that it's been bent, it's been changed, and usually not for the good. So notice what comes first, faithless. When we lack faith, then it's easy to be changed, bent, turned to the wrong way. But when we have faith, it's easy to stay on the true. It's easy to stay on the path. It's easy to look to God. But when we lack faith, we start looking for other sources. We start looking for other outlets. We start looking for something that he never wanted us to look for. But here's what he's saying. If you want to have the goodness, if you want to have good faith, you don't got to start stomping out perversion. You come back to faith. Develop your faith and that changed path will begin to line up. You see, we get wrong thinking that I got to fix all the bad. No, we just have to come back to God. There's some things in our life from our past we can't fix, but I can come back to God. There's some things in me that I'm I'm powerless or even maybe I don't even want to fix, but I can go to God and He can fix them. And he can begin to pull things out of me. He can begin to reveal things in me. He can help me strain these things out. But instead, I start focusing and thinking that I can fix this and I can do this. My job is to come back to God. Your job is to come back to God. That's where the impossible takes place, is in the hands of God. And he says this, there are things that you're going to deal with that are impossible for you. But with God, 
So I encourage you, whatever that big thing is. And so he says, look it, the problem is that you're faithless, and that faithless leads to a perverse generation, and he reminds them, how long am I going to be with you? You can't just depend on me. You see what he's saying? He's trying to pass along some of the impossible. I won't be with you forever, and you need to get some faith. I won't be here to always bring your problems to in the flesh, and you're going to have to have faith. Look what he says. How long will I bear with you? How long am I going to carry this stuff? This is stuff I've empowered you to do. Do you feel empowered this morning by God through the Holy Spirit that if he said these things and greater you shall do, that really these things and greater you can do? But then when we try it and it feels, whoa, then an obstacle rises up and you can either see the obstacle as, well, I'm not supposed to do this, or I keep trying and it's a test to grow my faith. Because look what he's saying. He He sees the real problem, but notice what he says. He says, I'm not going to be able to bear this with you forever, but bring him here to me. He cared about the person. And Jesus rebuked the demon that came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Now, again, every one of us that, if you've read this, you're like, well, of course, that's what Jesus did. Now, these people didn't see this all the time. They knew religion, and they didn't see this very often. And so we've got the advantage of being able to look backwards where they were all looking forward. They didn't know what was going to happen. But we're exactly the same place because you and I, we're going to face some things we didn't expect to happen and we're going to have to ask ourselves, what do I believe? What do I have faith in? Will Jesus really help me with this? Can I really overcome this? And that's some questions just like this man. Will you fix my son? I brought him to some other people and it wouldn't work. I tried another church and it didn't work. Great, there's other churches. Try it. But sooner or later, you've got to realize that it's not the church, it's... You, you're the lowest common denominator. (laughs) You've got to believe. You've got to step up. You've got to put your faith, your full faith in God and see what the impossible would be. So the disciples, they come to him and they said, we don't get it. Why couldn't we cast it out? Look what he says. Did he tell them it was because they didn't get the formula right? Or they need to swap out their oil? Or they didn't lay their hands in the right spot? What did he say was their problem? Look at that. You want to know what's stopping you this morning? You want to know what's hurting you the most? You think it may be that symptom of whatever's going on in your life, but you know what's really hurting you this morning? Your unbelief. You don't believe that that'll change. You don't believe you can change. You don't believe that that can be fixed. You don't believe, fill in the blank, whatever it is. It's your unbelief. And that's where we have to take our unbelief and throw it into the greatness of God. And if He changes it, He changes it. If He doesn't, He still stretches our faith. Because there's some things in my life He hasn't changed, and that's for me to get faith and to grow stronger. And there's some things he removes. And there's new things that he brings up because he wants my faith to be strong. Just like he's doing with you. But he says, it was your unbelief. That's the issue. You didn't do anything else wrong. It wasn't the right time of day. You can find all the excuses. But notice that they didn't get that. They're wanting to know, how come this isn't working? And he just tells them right to their face, you had unbelief. 
Now, I'm going to take a step back as a, as a normal, mostly normal human being. I don't know that anybody that's been through the service, health care, and a pastor, that you're truly normal. <laughs> but I'm here this morning. I believe that they couldn't process this because they did try to pray for the guy, didn't they? They did their best. And I'll bet you, even though they're not going to get a chance to answer in this context, I'll bet you they said, we had faith, we prayed. Jesus, what's the deal? We prayed, we tried. We even came to you and asked, why didn't this work? We did have the faith. And maybe you're sitting here this morning saying, it's not the faith problem. And guess what Jesus is going to tell you? You can say, I've been trying, and I've done this, and I've done this. And you know what he's probably going to tell you? It's a faith problem. It's not a timing problem. It's not a wording problem. It's not a situational problem. It's not an oil problem. It's not a wrong time of the day problem. It's not a you guys should have never met and married problem. It's a faith problem. That's where the impossible starts again. Is it possible that you missed it? Is it possible that you didn't have enough faith? Is it possible that God's using this to build your faith? But he didn't stop there. Look at what he says. Assuredly, or you can bank on this, I say to you, and here's the part where this is not the nice Jesus. This is just Jesus getting down to the gritty. And maybe you don't want to hear this this morning, but you need to hear it. Because you know what he's telling these guys? Your faith was smaller than a mustard seed. Because if you'd had faith the size of a mustard seed, isn't that what it says? He says, I say to you, see, you had unbelief. If you, look at that, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, they were just trying to deal with an epileptic, and look what he says, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and look at the last, and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, a couple things here that I want you to get. He's given them a context of understanding that your faith starts small, like a mustard seed, and has to grow. It can't stay the side of a mustard seed, or you're not going to have enough faith. So what's he saying? Great, right now you've got faith the side of a mustard seed, but it's got to grow. And when you've got it and it grows, then you will have the faith to say to mountains and giants and epileptics and all these things, you'll be able to speak. But also notice that he's making the transition from keep bringing them to me to nothing will be impossible for you. See, and this is the part that hurts just a little bit, but just Think of it as good medicine. There are times that we face our impossible and we take it to Jesus, but Jesus wants you to have faith. You know why they didn't have to have that much faith? If it doesn't work, we bring him to Jesus. They had a safety net because Jesus said, great, bring him here. And that we can do that, but we can't do that today, can we? You know what he expects us to do? Expects us to develop our faith. And I'm not saying we cut Jesus out. We can't cut Jesus out. He is the source of the impossible. He is the source of the power. He is God. But I think sometimes we get lazy and we say, 
this is hard. I'm just going to turn it over to Jesus. Things got rough. I'm going to turn it over to Jesus. And then we sit back, and we're waiting for Jesus to fix it. And we're waiting for Jesus to come through. And Jesus is like, I'm waiting for you to grow your faith. And it's going to sit there until you get so sick of it that you develop your faith. Or you're just going to become a whiner and you're going to be a complaining. And, and, and i got to tell you, this has nothing to do with the sermons, but hang on with me just a second. I saw the, I, I'm not a big bumper sticker fan, but I saw the best bumper sticker the other day. Man, I, I think if we could find a, a candidate to run on this platform, that we could change the world Simple, white background with red lettering. Stop global whining. Because <laughs> I don't know if you feel affected by global warming. I'm not feeling the effects here. Maybe other people are. But I do feel the effects of global whining. How about you? Back to this. We need to stop whining and start praying. We need to stop waiting and start believing. We need to get our faith stirred up and develop a faith that goes from just a seed to something bigger. Because he even tells later that that plant grows and that the mustard seed grows into the tallest of plants. Isn't that amazing? But it starts out very small. That's what he's saying for you. And so if you're starting someplace small, awesome, but also understand he expects growth. And the only way that growth happens is over time. And the only way that happens is through some adversity as the rains come and the sun beats down and the soil changes. Those are all recipes for deep roots and big faith. But we don't want hard sun and we don't want a lot of rain and we don't want drought times. But those are exactly what it takes to reach the impossible because it makes our faith grow. And you're thinking, I'm not sure I want that. We need to start living lives that have stories we're telling. We want something easy. We want to be able to just kick back. We want to get to the place where I don't have to do anything anymore. And that's not the Bible. The Bible is constantly growing, pressing, straining, stretching. This is what grows our faith. I would like to be in the future book of the Hall of Heroes. That by faith, Abraham, by faith. And I would like somehow, somebody's up there going, by faith, he overcame this. By faith, not in his own power, but by faith. That makes us get stretched. We have to stretch farther than we've reached before. That's what stretches our faith. And he's doing this, passing along. He's telling you the reason is unbelief. And I'm going to... I'm going to pick one category of people this morning, and it's not just them, it's everybody, but it's something that I think everybody can understand. Anybody in this room, if you're dealing with it, you can stop that addiction, whether it be smoking, whether it be drugs, whether it be alcohol, but the problem isn't the alcohol, the problem's unbelief. You don't believe, you can get over it. You may even say, but I want to, I've been trying so hard. You don't believe... Because you always go back. Because I can guarantee you, anybody that laid down their smokes or laid down their drugs or laid down their booze and you trusted God because God didn't buy you the next pack or the next bottle or the next bag, 
you bought it. Or you had somebody buy it for you. But if you had belief, you're going to go through the physical symptoms. You're going to feel like you're going through hell. You're going to feel like my body can't handle this. But you've got a choice to either go forward or you go back. And when we go back, we shrink our faith. We shrink our faith. What's it going to take for you to start the impossible? Deal with the unbelief. Realize that he's got something big for you. We want it easy, but it wasn't designed to be easy. It's designed to grow your faith, designed to give us spiritual muscle. And yes, in a world today where we want things easier and easier and easier, it's not building our faith, it's making us weaker. We've got to deal with the unbelief and then realize we can't just throw everything up to Jesus. There's things he expects us to do. He is obviously the biggest part of the solution, but we still have to do our part, and that requires faith. Because he's going to exchange this, as he says. You think it's hard with the epileptic, but there's going to be mountains that are going to need to be dealt with. And I won't be here. And the great news is, that's not part of the sermon today, as he said, unless I go away, I can't send to you a helper. And so he didn't just leave us powerless. He said, you want to know how you're going to be able to do this when I'm gone? I'm sending you the helper, the Holy Spirit. And he will do everything that I can do. He's just not visible, so it's going to take faith. Now you do what I used to do through the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't bring them to me anymore. I'm going to be gone. You do what I used to do through the power of the Holy Spirit. That takes faith. And we see through the book of Acts that sometimes it worked out wrong. People tried to use it as a formula and they got beat down. And it went poorly for them. But because of the faith issue... And so church, this is what I'm saying. If we want to see the impossible, you want to see things overcome in your life, you don't have to wait for anybody else. You don't need any other help than you allowing Jesus to change your unbelief to belief. You don't need that counseling so bad as you think you do. You know what? You need belief. I can forgive. I can overcome this. I can put this in the past. I can... And I'm not saying that there is a need for counseling, but I'm saying a lot of the stuff that we want to counsel for is stuff we're unwilling to change. And we keep going and going and going, and and nothing's changing except for you paying that guy or that girl 150 bucks an hour. Or how about you get on your knees? And you begin to pray like you never prayed before. How about you confess and repent? And build up your faith and say, I can forgive anything that my spouse did. I can forgive anything that my parents did. I can forgive them. I can release them. This mountain is going to be removed. Because most of the time, the mountain is us. We got to get us out of the way. We got to get our unbelief out of the way. We got to get our past out of the way. we got to get our shame out of the way. And we're the mountain, church. Yes, there's obstacles we come across, but I'll tell you, we're the biggest obstacle we face any given day. 
And because of our unbelief, what am I going to? Trust God. Come to Jesus. Come clean with Jesus. Begin the impossible. I want to share a few quotes that I found that are awesome about renewing our mind and our faith. Here we go. It always seems impossible until it's done. Isn't that amazing? We read all those impossible things until somebody did it. Did you know there was a time, and we, we see it now, there was a time when nobody thought there could, somebody could break the, uh, running a four-minute mile. Couldn't do it. It's impossible until Roger Barrister did it. <laughs> and now, now you're slow if you run a four-minute mile in competitive athletics. <laughs> You start by doing what's necessary. Then you do what's possible, and suddenly you're doing the impossible. Grip that for just a minute. You start by doing what's necessary. Then you do what's possible, and suddenly you're doing the impossible. Nothing is impossible. The Word itself says, I'm possible. Here's what the Bible says. With God, nothing will be impossible. Luke tells us this. The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. What mountain in you needs to give way to the Holy Spirit in you that says with God all things are possible? On any given Sunday, there's desperate needs out there. And the question is, are you actually going to have enough faith to pray for it? Are you actually going to have enough faith to come forward and let other people pray for you about it? Or, gee, I don't know, God can do it right where I'm at. Yes, He sure can. But what can three people praying for you achieve? It's a good question, isn't it? And the mountain that needs to be removed is pride or worry or fear or insecurity because those are the things that keep our unbelief growing and our faith shrinking. So I'm going to ask if you'd stand up with me this morning. We're going to take some time to pray. What's been impossible with you? I can't give up this. I can't do that. I can't. Yep, you can't. (laughs) But God can. But you know what He's going to use? You. He's not going to use some mystical source from the outside to just make it happen. He's going to use you. What is that impossible thing? And so if you've got an impossible mountain, impossible addiction, impossible whatever... I want to invite you to come down this morning and let us pray for you and let us help you remove the mountain. So as the worship team starts to play this morning, if that's you, you've got mountains, you've got mess, join with us. We'd love to see you come down and let's pray for it together.